best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I'm your host today, Jared Timms, and I'm joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. Nate, how you doing? I'm doing well. How about you? Not doing too bad. Super excited to get some news, some news to break. Sure. Actually, I already broke it. You know, it's new. It's news. 
Seems Angel signed a couple players. Yeah, don't get anyone's hopes up. No, I seem to do that for some strange reason. You know, anytime you see the Angels have signed, you go to the, uh, oh, who have they signed? And low-key, whenever it's me, you need to uh, go ahead and know that I probably don't break anything big. It's just minor league stuff. Yet. Yet. I've broken some big stuff. Just, we'll see. Not a bad start here. We'll see. Let's just move on. We'll see. We'll see. So as always, guys, I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast here at Talking Halos. Again, making us the best Angels podcast out there. If you could leave a review, subscribe if you're watching us here on YouTube. Pound that subscribe button for us. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Let us know what we can do better. Let us know what we can do worse. Hopefully we don't do anything worse. Haven't gone to that quote in a while. Um, go ahead and follow us on all of our social medias twitter instagram and facebook i'm going to throw this out here now we are looking as always for writers i can't give you guys a lot can't give you guys anything but if you want to get your name out there and write a little bit would love to have you aboard already getting some fantastic articles out there it's a great way to get a start into the journalism world that's how i started that's how a lot of people start is just getting their name out there i'm gonna be honest here with you so you want to get your name out there let us know you can write a little bit you can train under myself nate derek we do some fantastic stuff brock as well john all that fun stuff so without further ado let's get this rolling you don't need to follow us on twitter or anything like that we'll talk about it later angels make two rather big signings nate two big signings how's that huh Couple yeah, big ones. Like one, get their get their hopes one, up. One rather larger than the other. Let's go to the smaller one first. Angels uh, Tuesday uh, signed Jonathan, re-signed Jonathan Dias to a minor league deal. He's made some starts at the major league level. Actually, honestly, hasn't been bad at the major league level. It's nothing special, but he if if you look at his stats, it's not it's not horrible. He doesn't give up runs. It's a nice depth piece. I think that's all we have to say about that. Correct. Yeah, not really a long-term option in the in the rotation. Like it's one of those guys where it's like, hey, we just need someone for one start. Great, you can do it, but really not a guy you want on the on on the rotate in the rotation for more than you know one or two starts a year. With that being said, I fully expect him to be the opening day number five starter. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, He's good not depth. good depth. I've always liked I've always liked I as like I said, he just does it all correctly um he doesn't do anything special he doesn't have the overpowering fastball spots up has decent off speed pitch and gets guys out keeps the era down keeps you in ball games and that's all you really look for so nice depth piece piece there another guy we want to talk to the angel signed former cal state fullerton titan justin garza to a minor league slash major league deal half and half uh i'm gonna be honest here i've never heard of that and i've been around the game for quite some time me and nate had to look it up didn't know that was really a thing uh, Nate, actually, if you want to explain the half and half contract, go ahead and do it because I feel like listeners don't even know what it is. If we don't haven't really heard of it, listeners probably haven't. So I had to remind Jared that this is what he signed actually. So I was kind of, I felt good about that one. <laughs> um, no, so the split contract basically says this is how much you can make in the major leagues. This is what he makes in the minor leagues. And then depending on how many days he's in the major leagues, they are going to take the pro rate of that and give him that amount of money. So obviously like it, it gives him another, it gives him time to be in the minor leagues. It gives him time, time to be in the major league if he is able to make the roster. So it's, it's nice because it allows him to be in triple a without having to DFA him. It looks like for the first, you know, first send down. And then from there on out, it just kind of depends. So interesting. Uh, I know you want to talk about him a little bit more. So 
I'll let you, and then I'll I'll give my two cents. <laughs> Corresponding move to that is a uh, friend of the show, Kenny Rosenberg, was DFA'd. Um, it surprised me if he sticks around. Uh, I think that uh, I think that he sticks around with the Angels. Uh, so uh, Justin Garza, though, fastball is up to ninety seven. Usually sits ninety four and ninety six. Uh, good heater on that side of stuff. Good arm action with it as well. Has a changeup that kind of is a uh, pretty nice little, little more like a two seam ish, uh, splitter ish pitch, but a, a nice pitch at that. He has a slider that acts a little bit more like actually, he has a cutter that is more of a slider, more of that horizontal break. Uh, and he's got the, the, the slider, which actually has the curveball break, uh, more of a gyro ball. So four pitch mix there. Uh, very good stuff. Like if you were, if we were to look at his stuff plus. I'm sure it would be up there because it's good stuff. Granted, it doesn't throw a lot of strikes. I know, Nate, that you're going to bring that up, and that is always a huge issue. But the Angels have done a fairly decent job w- with teaching guys how to throw strikes. I think that that's fair enough, right? I don't know if that's fair. Have the, who on the roster couldn't throw strikes that magically became able to throw strikes? I mean, I'd, I'd have to look. Bach, I feel like the Bachman Angels... was a control guy. Bush was a control guy. Like they they've thrown the ball well. Um, still says still not exactly pinpoint control, like you know, maybe a small upgrade from him, but nothing crazy. Uh, Detmers, you know, that's what he does. Um, Sandoval Suarez, you know, that they, they haven't really changed from who they've been the last couple of years. So, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with you on that, where it's like, oh, the Angels can turn any pitcher into anything. Like, no, they've been able to teach some guys a slider and you know give them an extra pitch and maybe make a pitch a little bit better. But I don't know if they've like turned anyone from being like, Oh, this dude can't throw strikes to save his life. And all of a sudden he's, you know, one of the best strike throwers in baseball. Like that, that really hasn't happened. Um, And and that's an issue for me. Like it does help that he's going to pitch out of the bullpen. So you don't really have to throw as many strikes as a starter does, but it's an issue. Like the, the walk percentage is very, very high. I remember going to Cal State Fullerton games and watching him pitch, honestly. Like, what the teams that he was on, like, it's crazy to think of a Cal State Fullerton back in that that time frame not being able to throw strikes because they lived on throwing two seamers on the black, four seamers on the black, and, and then throwing off-speed off of that. And, like, nothing was over the middle of the plate. Everything was on the black, maybe even a, a ball off the plate, and they would just get those calls every single night. And it was unbelievable. Like, it was so fun to watch that pitching staff. And... And to see him now, he's throwing a lot harder, but not throwing as many strikes. That's going to be the issue. Is like, can he throw strikes? He's got good stuff, but it's going to be very hard to make this bullpen because there is a lot of good stuff. I mean, we, we talked about if Chris Rodriguez is healthy, excellent stuff. Um, Austin Warren has shown he can pitch in the big leagues and put up good numbers. Um, we've we've seen, uh, we already saw that Estevez, we know there's Loop, we know there's Tapera. We saw Berea come in and throw really well last year. We saw Quijada um, have have a couple of hot months. So, like, there's a lot of guys in this bullpen that – oh, boy. Oh, yes, and I, I forgot your your boy who throws the most strikes in, in the entire in the entire bullpen. Um, you you want to say his name because let's, I'll let's just let you do it. Go, no, go ahead. No, do no, it. no, no, I'll, I'll let you do it. I'm just going to – I was just going to say you forgot Jimmy Hergen. Hergen. I know, I know. I, that Right when I saw your face, I was like, yeah, I know, I forgot Jimmy Hergen. But – um, so yeah, there, there's a bunch of, I, I was thinking stuff wise. I was thinking like, that's hey, the strike. best stuff in the bullpen. The most, the most, okay, fine. Stuff wise, most appearances on pitching them Joe goes to Jimmy Hergit. Sure. But stuff wise, I was thinking like, that should be a stat. And, 
Yeah, sure. Um, so, so there's a, there's a lot of guys in that in that uh, bullpen, and a lot of them throw strikes. Like when C Rod's on, he's around his own. Uh, we we already said Jimmy Herget throws a lot of strikes. Loop and Tapera, they make too much money to to even think about losing a job. We're talking uh, strike throwing, and you bring in money. Come yeah, on, yeah, of course. Um, I have, have to. Estevez, you know, same thing as as Loop and Tapera. They those three guys, like they're never going to lose jobs. So like those jobs aren't even even a possibility. So you're looking at um, about five jobs open in the bullpen. And we just mentioned uh, a bunch of guys that throw strikes and to have good stuff. So it's going to be really hard for him to, to make the club out of, out of spring without some injuries. But if, if he can figure out how to throw strikes in triple a, like it, it could be a good sign. You're spending a lot of time on somebody who, who you think isn't going to make the team out of spring training. So I don't. this is definitely some, this is definitely somebody I think we need to watch because Nate clearly is, uh, is on one with this guy. I like it. I think his stuff's good Four pitches coming out of the bullpen. Um, I would assume we see some type of um, rep, not repertoire change, but usage pitch usage change with Garza um, primarily like relied you- on the heater. I'm just letting you know. Just letting I'm just know. saying, it's what not like he came from a place that really knows how to pitch anyway. Like Cleveland, we, they don't even pitch well. Like, what are we talking about? Then, then we've spent too much time on Justin Garza and, and Jonathan <laughs> Dyes. Let's get on to what we really want to talk about. Come on, man. Let us have some. Justin Garza, the California kid. I don't know if he's from California. Cal State Fullerton kid, I would assume he is from California. He is. Yeah. He is. Oh, he's the, uh, he went to the Bonita? No, yes. I don't know where. Yeah, Bonita. Well, I believe that's where it was. Yeah. Uh, somebody's that's not right because someone's going to get us on that. Um, <laughs> I'll double check as you as you go into this next one. It was like Gar Bonita, but yeah. yeah. Regardless, 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 Angels make a couple signings, uh, create a little bit more depth uh, all around, especially in that rotation and in the pen. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, let's get on to what we kind of wanted to really talk about. We had a couple signings, so we wanted to break those guys down for you. Um, Hall of Fame ballots, Hall of Fame's out. Angels, there's a couple Angels on there. One rather interesting than others actually there's all there's a couple angels on there that are interesting rather than others uh of course as we look through this bobby abreu francisco rodriguez tory hunter is on this list as well as john lackey the myth of legend there's a lot of angels on this list actually john houston street mike napoli uh and jared weaver that's the one yeah He's not gonna. He's not gonna get in. But like, just him being on there is cool. Oh yeah, I mean that's we're getting to the time where this is kind of where we grew up and started watching Angels baseball. And this, these guys were on the Angels. You know, when we were active, huge fan. Not that we're not huge fans anymore, but really big fans of of the Angels going to games weekly, daily, nightly basis. So it's it's good to see a lot of these guys in there. I think I was at Francisco Rodriguez's sixty second save. Uh, the record-breaking one when he broke, well, broke the actual record last game of the year, 162. And I also think I was at Bobby Thigpen's breaking record. Hmm. I could totally be wrong. Um, but yeah, a lot, a lot of angels on this list. First question before we dive in, dive into it, and I know you're going to have a probably a little different opinion than I have. You see any of these guys getting votes or even you know pushing to a second or third year? I see one guy for sure getting votes. Um, I think K-Rod gets votes. I, I don't think he gets anywhere near um, the percentage he'll need. I, I think he'll get enough to get on the ballot next year, though. Um, you look at it, top five in career saves. He's got the record for most saves in a year. Like He put up really good numbers. His ERA is like in the twos, like mid-twos, I believe. Maybe a little bit upper twos. But he was a very solid closer. And I think part of... 
part of what some hall it depends on who you're talking to as well like hall of fame voters but i think part of what they're taught what some guys look at is were they the best at their position for like five to seven years and i think k-rod can at least say that he was the best at his position for five to seven years and i think it was even closer to eight or nine years honestly like he had a really good 10-year span where he was a really really good closer was he the best closer in baseball probably not for all 10 years but he was in that conversation for about five to seven years i think um you know i love jared weaver i don't think he gets on uh, i don't think he gets enough votes um Tory Hunter, this, Torrey is, Hunter. this is his second year, isn't it? Yeah, this is. I I think for Tory, so he's he'll probably stick votes. around, but you know, nothing crazy. Abreu gets Abreu votes. could be a sneaky guy where he gets more votes than we think. Like he could finish with like twenty five percent, which is like way more than I think anyone would even project for Bobby Abreu. Mm-hmm. But it is a relatively weak class, and people could be like, well, you know, he did this, he did this, and, and they could come up with some some ways to make him look like a Hall of Famer. Um, Napoli, I think he's off the list after this year, honestly, yeah. like great player, not a hall of famer yeah. lackey. I, I don't think he's on the list next year either. Like Hall's he, really, Hall is really good. Yes. Uh, um, he, he was a part of some really special teams, some key, he was a key piece in some special teams. You, you can talk about the angels. He was, uh, the rookie who, who pitched in game seven. You could talk about the Red Sox when they won. You could talk about the Cubs when they broke the curse. Like he was part of some really, really important teams, but never that dude where it was like, oh my gosh, like he is. Does he have four World Series or five or three? Three to five in there, right? It's got it. One, think, one with think, the Angels, one with the Red Sox, one with the Cubs. Yeah, I, I don't know if he, I think he only got one with the Red Sox, if I remember correctly, but. Um, so yeah, he was, was he was never the ace. Um, I, I don't think, I, I think him, we've, and Napoli don't end up on the list the next year. But I think K-Rod, Torrey Hunter will probably end up getting enough votes because of, you know, the all-star appearances and, mm-hmm. you know, really nice guy. Everyone likes him. So he'll probably stay on. Abreu, I think quietly some people will be like, oh, no. And then start to look at some numbers and be like, like maybe I'll vote for him just because, like, honestly, if you really look at the ballot, you could tell me that there's only four or five names you're voting for. Correct. That's about where I'm sitting at too. Yeah, depending on depending on your view, depending on your stance on on everything, as well. Um, I think we can kind of break break that down. I agree with everything you said there. I don't think Street's getting any votes. I oh, think I Lackey might. Street, my yeah, yeah, same with you. Yeah, I, th- I think don't think Napoli gets any votes. Uh, Lackey might be sneaky. Get his get like three to five percent and make stick around for a little while. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer though. Tory Hunter, one of the best defensive center fielders in his era. Um, fantastic human being as well, because we know that plays part uh, in in this voting too. So he probably sticks around. Abreu, I agree with you. I think he's sneaky. I don't know how many votes he got last year. Probably twelve. I would assume twelve to fifteen. I would assume we probably see a little bit of a bump up because he's a board. He's a borderline Hall of Famer. I think he's Hall of really good. Yep. Um, and then I'm not I'm not sold on Frankie. Maybe next year, uh, but not this year. I'll say that. So that kind of that kind of leads There's us. Just into, nobody this year. Yeah. That 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 kind of leads us into where our if we had a vote, what we would vote for. Um, and there are some controversial votes on here this year for sure. Uh, but the one thing that I've always, you know, I've, I've realized with voting and you talk to any voter, they'll probably tell you the same thing unless they don't believe it. But I, I do believe that most voters 
don't really believe that they have to vote for all 10 play all, all 10 players. Some people do. Some people it's like, I need to get all 10 votes out there. Um, and I think in the past that was the case. Like you could definitely vote for 10 guys on, on ballots when there was Clemens and bonds and a rod and all the steroid guys. Uh, and I air quote steroid guys, cause there's still steroid guys on here and there's still going to be steroid guys on here. Uh, and one of them got in last year. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, um, this year I, I, this is probably one of the first years I'm not voting for 10. I, if I had the vote, I'm voting for six and my six would be Scott Rowland again, Andrew Jones, again, two of the best defenders of all time. Uh, Andy Pettit, I think steroids or not, he's in for me. Manny Ramirez is the same, same type of guy. I think steroids or not, uh, with or without them, he is a hall of famer. Uh, he probably made his career a little bit longer, but I think that if you, you know, you take away, However many war you want to take away, however many home runs you want to take away, he's still one of the best pure hitters of all time. Uh, even though when you look at Cleveland and you know you 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 can't forget about uh, postseason and you can't forget about just Manny being Manny. So that would be one of the reasons why I'm voting for him. Uh, Alex Rodriguez, again, it's a Barry Bonds thing for me. You're keeping one of the best hitters out of uh, out of the hall, and you just can't do that. Um, after seeing Bonds and Clemens not make it, I'd be shocked if A Rod made it. Uh, I, I would be voting for him though. Uh, and then maybe a little bit of a surprise for me um, is Billy Wagner. I've been off and on with him being on the list for quite, quite, quite some time. Um, but probably the best left-handed reliever of all time. And that's got to say something, you know, if you're the best at something like you mentioned, it needs to be, you know, needs to be recognized. And, and Billy Wagner is probably one of the best left-handed pitchers of all time, not just one of the left-handed, one of the best left-handed relievers. I know there's a lot of lefties out there. There's, but... a, there's a lot of really good ones. I don't think he's in the top 10, but that's fine. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's one of the best relievers of all time as well. So that being said, and then relievers don't get love exactly why I'm not voting for Frankie. I just think that he's in the hall of really good. I don't think he's quite a hall of famer yet. So I don't know if you want to rattle off yours and we can maybe debate about some names that aren't on our list because there are a couple that I think that people are there going to are, there, will, there will be a couple. I, I think, and I, I know I've been the anti Andrew Jones guy. I, I do think this is the year that you vote for him. I think that yeah. honestly, when you look at it, what he's done, what he did, according to all these other guys, it's not even close. Like he, he gets in, um, Best Scott Rowland, center fielder of all time. Yes. Best defensive outfielder of all time. Probably so. Um, Scott Rowland, again, I, I can only remember the story of him and Kevin Millar talking and Kevin Millar giving him crap about being in an all-star game and him going, don't worry, I walked in my last AB to stay above 208 to make sure I made this this all-star game. And it was just his like last year, so they just gave him it. But uh, I, I just will never forget him You know, with that, that uh, conversation with him and Millar, just the relationship those guys had. Uh, of course, A Rod. I, I think he gets in. He will never get in, but for me, I would vote for him for sure. Uh, like you said, Billy Wagner. I've been on the Billy Wagner train. I think that he deserves to be in. And looking when you really dive into the numbers between Wagner and 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 K Rod, the numbers are almost identical. It's just one's right handed, one's left handed. So because of that, I vote for K Rod as well. Um, and then the last guy I would vote for, and it, it's. Todd Helton. And I think what he's done, you take away course field, whatever, like he was one of the best first basemen in baseball when he was playing. He might get that Don Mattingly treatment. Oh yes. Like I know there were some good first basemen, but he was, he was top. He was an all-star. Like he's a good freaking player. 
Um, I'll say I'll say underrated for playing in cores too. Yeah, like that's the thing that everyone talks about with him. It's like, oh, he played in cores. Like that's not like that's no. Like we've seen it. We've seen it. Like Nolan Arenado is not in cores anymore. He was just an MVP candidate, barely missed to a teammate. So like the cores thing, yes, it helps, but it's. So if Roland, so if Roland gets out of Coors around the time that Arenado, because I think Arenado's on his way to being a Hall of Famer, um, yes. is, do we think if Helton gets if Helton yeah, gets if, out of Coors, if, Hel- if Helton goes to like say like I would assume probably about the same time that Pujols is leaving St. Louis, Helton no. goes to St. Louis too. Hypothet- I'm just saying hypothetically. I'm not saying like that'd be the case, but like Helton goes to St. Louis and puts up the same numbers. Are we having a different conversation? Absolutely. I think Todd Helton might be a first ballot Hall of Famer at that point if people are like, oh, wow, he, he's putting up, you know, 40 plus bombs a year, driving over 100 every year. His WRC plus is in the 130s, like 140 range. Um, you, you probably would even look at his war being closer. What is it right now? If you look at it, it's. Is he a 50 guy on fan graphs? I think 56, maybe uh, I was looking at baseball reference, but he, uh, uh, baseball reference says it was 61.8, which gets him in um, very close. Should we say yes. Five time all-star three time gold glove, four time silver slugger. So like he was one of the best first basemen in baseball uh, when he was playing. So I vote for him. I know I leave off Pettit and Ramirez. I don't know. There's just something about Ramirez and just like the way he, I don't know. There's like a respect of the game for me with him where I'm not a hundred percent thrilled with, with him. Um, I know people can say the same thing with a rod, but I, I don't know. I, I think that they approach the game a little bit differently and then Pettit, I don't know, like he was good, but he was never, I don't think he was ever an ace. And I think that gets, I don't, I want to vote for people that, that could arguably be the best pitcher in baseball. I don't think Pettit ever was that guy that it's like, oh my gosh, like we have to face Andy Pettit today. Like he's the greatest pitcher ever. Like, yeah, he's good, but I don't know. Like it's different, you know, facing a Kershaw, facing a Randy Johnson, a Kurt Schilling, guys like that. It's like, yeah, this is, this is not fun where Pettit it's like, okay, we're going to be able to score against him. We're going to be able to get on base, but like, we just got to make sure we don't get picked off because he's got one of the best lefty moves the game's ever seen. I mean, it's like voting Tom Glavin. Greg Maddox, like not fun. Jimmy Hurd, yeah. Jimmy Hurd, get out of here. <laughs> I had to throw it in there. So, okay, before we let everybody go, though, I uh, just kind of we want to go through the list as well here, um, and just kind of explain some things because we did leave com- some guys off, and, and that's just kind of how it rolls. Uh, Bobby Bray, you hollow really good. I think we agree on that. Yep. Todd Helton, you have your view. For me, he's hollow really good. That's and that again, like if There's, people take something, if people take something away from this. It's the fact that like you can have your own opinion on this, and that's that's kind of the cool thing about it. It's like I, I don't think Helen's a Hall of Famer. Well, somebody else mm-hmm. might. Nate thinks so. Same thing with Frankie. Frankie for me might like if if I you know start diving in a little bit more uh, than what I did this year. You know, Frankie might be that guy. Or if Hel- or if Billy Wagner gets in, then it's like oh, it opens the door for yeah. for some guys. Hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. If Billy Wagner makes it in, you know, in the next couple of years or in that tenth year. Then I do even think this year. Frankie gets in. Yeah, or even this year. Because he got close last year, 60, 50%, I think, 60%. I could yeah, be there's like there's remember. not too many guys this year, as we talked yeah. about. Um, Royo, no. Tori, we talked about already. Scott Rowling, we both agree on. Yep. Um, Carlos Beltran, I think we're leaving him off the list this year. I think that's I think that's just fair. You uh, for us, and I know we both agree on this. 
Um, and I don't want to speak for both of us, but that first ballot Hall of Famer is yes. special, right? Like we it, talked about it last it's year. It's a big deal. We talked about it last year with David Ortiz. We didn't think he was a first ballot Hall of Famer. We thought he's a Hall of Famer, but to be that first ballot Hall of Famer and and compare him to the likes of Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, uh, soon to be Albert, Ben Griffey Mike Jr., Trout, Derek Jeter, Jeter, like there, like the, there's a different there's a different you know level of guy there, and and Big Poppy is iconic, but he wasn't those guys iconic like he had a fantastic no. postseason career he was a dh that hit really well who took steroids I, 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 like to be completely bluntly honest so um same thing same thing goes with with carlos beltran why i would leave him off the list just because of that what happened with the astros i think we're probably both in agreement there next year he probably is mm. on our ballot this year that's slapping the wrist you're not a first ballot hall of famer because of that that's that's a view i think we're in agreement there yeah, right agree so um, Jeff Kent, Hall of Really Good for us. Jimmy Rollins, is that's going to be really interesting. He's going to stick around. I don't I think don't, he ever makes it. I think he's getting way too much hype. Yeah, like, I think he's, so too. he's not, yep. again, for me, not one of the best shortstops in baseball. Yep. Like Everyone says Derek Jeter's the most overrated shortstop ever. You look at Derek Jeter's numbers compared to anyone in that, in that era, and Derek Jeter blows them all out of the water. And it's like, how, how does this even make sense? Like, you're saying Derek Jeter sucks, and then, oh, Jimmy Rollins should be in. It's like, Jimmy Rollins had years where he was hit 240. Yeah. It's I mean, not... you want to you want to comp like Ozzy Smith or something like that and say, like, really two really good defenders that, that didn't hit a lot. Defender. Yeah, I agree. I think he's getting overhyped. Under, underappreciated as, as a player, oh, overhyped yeah. right now, for sure. He won an MVP. So, I mean, yeah, he wasn't that he underappreciated. But... No. Burley, I think again. I, I mean, Hall of Really are, Good, sure. Hall of Really Good, not a Hall of Famer. Kent, same thing. Hall of Really Good. Sheffield is always going to be an argument. He's going to Sheffield's going to get in after. He's going to get in on the uh, what is it? The Veterans Committee. Veterans Committee for sure. I think that's when he gets in. There is the question mark with steroids, but I think he gets in after. I think it's Hall of Really Good. Um, you start yeah. lowering the bar for some guys, and that's that's where it's at. It's like the Harold yeah. Baines um, type of thing. Like yeah. you can start lowering 100%. the bar. You can't do that. Uh, Houston Street, we talked about uh, Lackey, Kane, Matt Kane, R.A. Dickey, Mike Napoli, Omar Vizquel, one of the most overrated guys getting votes. I don't even think he should be on the list. Um, it's so crazy hearing that from you because three years ago, you were the biggest Omar Vizquel no, fan. I, so, no, 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 no. I said, I, I weak. You it was always him, the Andrew and Simmons comparison to Omar Vizquel because of how good he, uh, because of how good Andrew Simmons was. I wanted a Vizquel. I never voted for, I would never vote for Vizquel. And I said that. I think you I, had him uh, checked nope, one year. Absolutely I think you've not. had him checked not. one year. I would not. Because we've uh, gone back and forth arguing that one. And I'm like, Omar, he couldn't even hit my weight. No, I'm not in on Vizquel. He played 30 years, well, 23 years or something like that of really good defense. And that's fine. You know, that that's, that's all really good for us. Billy Wagner, we talked about Peralta. No, Ellsbury. No, Ethier. No, Pettit. We can disagree on that's fine. Yep. Weaver's. Probably going to get some votes. I don't know if he gets 5%. Worth, Hardy, Manny, and A-Rod, we can agree. We can disagree on. Everybody can have those arguments. So I think we're in agreement on pretty much everyone except for you know Manny and Pettit and uh, K-Rod and Helton. But honestly, both any of those, you look at it, it's like, well, I could see how Pettit gets in. I could see how Manny gets in. But you could also see how Todd Helton gets in. The one thing that I, I don't think that gets mentioned about Todd Helton enough is he was clean. Like, at least that's what, you know, we, we would we yeah. would think. There was no rumors of that guy on steroids. I think I don't think that gets talked about enough because he's playing in a steroid era, putting up video game numbers. Like, I know he's playing at Coors, but he's doing it clean. So, I, yeah, I, 
I'm a way bigger Todd Helton fan than a lot of other people. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's close. Yeah, absolutely. So, Nate, you got any final thoughts before we let everybody go? No, I, I won't be that guy today. That a boy. Way to be. Way to not be that guy today. So, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast, making us a great show here. If you have any ideas, throw them our way. If you want to write for us again, shoot us a message on Twitter uh, or Instagram, wherever you guys want to hit us up at. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can follow myself on Twitter, Jared underscore Tim's Nate at Nate Green 34 guys. And thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com